Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Third Canto, Chapter 31. Texts 43 through 48. Real Renunciation. Text 43. Due to his particular type of body, the materialistic living entity wanders from one planet to another, following fruitive activities. In this way, he involves himself in fruitive activities and enjoys the result incessantly. Report by Srila Prabhupada When the living entity is encaged in the material body, he is called Jiva Bhuta, and when he is freed from the material body, he is called Brahma Bhuta. By changing his material body, birth after birth, he travels not only in different species of life, but from one planet to another. Lord Chaitanya says that the living entities, bound up by fruitive activities, are wandering in this way throughout the whole universe. And if, by some chance, or by pious activities, they get in touch with a bona fide spiritual master by the grace of Krishna, then they get the seed of devotional service. After getting this seed, if one sows it within his heart and pours water on it by hearing and chanting, the seed grows into a big plant, and there are fruits and flowers which the living entity can enjoy even in this material world. That is called the Brahma-Bhuta stage. In his designated condition, a living entity is called materialistic, and upon being freed from all designations, when he is fully Krishna-conscious, engaged in devotional service, he is called liberated. Unless one gets the opportunity to associate with a bona fide spiritual master by the grace of the Lord, then there is no possibility of one's liberation from the cycle of birth and death in different species of life and through the different grades of planets. Text 44 In this way, the living entity gets a suitable body with a material mind and senses, according to his fruitive activities. When the reaction of his particular activity comes to an end, that end is called death. And when a particular type of reaction begins, that beginning is called birth. Purport by Srila Prabhupada From time immemorial, the living entity travels in the different species of life and the different planets, almost perpetually. This process is explained in the Bhagavad Gita. Brahmayan sarvabhutani yantrarudani mayaya. Under the spell of Maya, everyone is wandering throughout the universe on the carriage of the body offered by the material energy. Materialistic life involves a series of actions and reactions. 
It is a long film spool of actions and reactions, and one lifespan is just a flash in such a reactionary show. When a child is born, it is to be understood that his particular type of body is the beginning of another set of activities. And when an old man dies, it is to be understood that one set of reactionary activities is finished. We can see that because of different reactionary activities, one man is born in a rich family and another is born in a poor family. Although both of them are born in the same place, at the same moment, and in the same atmosphere. One who is carrying pious activity with him is given a chance to take birth in a rich or pious family. And one who is carrying impious activity is given a chance to take birth in a lower, poor family. The change of body means a change to the different field of activities. Similarly, when the body of a boy changes into that of a youth, the boyish activities change into youthful activities. It is clear that a particular body is given to the living entity for a particular type of activity. This process is going on perpetually, from a time which is impossible to trace out. Vaishnav poets therefore say, Anadi karma fale, which means that these actions and reactions of one's activity cannot be traced, for they may even continue from the last millennium of Brahma's birth to the next millennium. We have seen the example in the life of Narada Muni. In one millennium, he was the son of a maidservant, and in the next millennium, he became a great sage. Texts 45 and 46. When the eyes lose their power to see color or form due to morbid affliction of the optic nerve, the sense of sight becomes deadened. The living entity, who is the seer of both the eyes and the sight, loses his power of vision. In the same way, when the physical body, the place, where perception of objects occurs, is rendered incapable of perceiving, that is known as death. When one begins to view the physical body as one's very self, that is called birth. Purport by Srila Prabhupada When one says, I see, this means that he sees with his eyes or with his spectacles. He sees with the instrument of sight. If the instrument of sight is broken or becomes diseased or incapable of acting, then he, as the seer, also ceases to act. Similarly, in this material body, at the present moment, the living soul is acting. And when the material body, due to its incapability to function, 
ceases, he also ceases to perform his reactionary activities. When one's instrument of action is broken and cannot function, that is called death. Again, when one gets a new instrument for action, that is called birth. This process of birth and death is going on at every moment by constant bodily change. The final change is called death, and acceptance of a new body is called birth. That is the solution of the question of birth and death. Actually, the living entity has neither birth nor death, but is eternal. As confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, na hanyate hanyamani saride. The living entity never dies, even after the death or annihilation of this material body. Text 47. Therefore, one should not view death with horror, nor have recourse to defining the body as soul, nor give way to exaggeration in enjoying the bodily necessities of life. Realizing the true nature of the living entity, one should move about in the world free from attachment and steadfast in purpose. Purport by Srila Prabhupada A sane person who has understood the philosophy of life and death is very upset upon hearing the horrible, hellish condition of life in the womb of a mother or outside of the mother. But one has to make a solution to the problems of life. A sane man should understand the miserable conditions of this material body. Without being unnecessarily upset, he should try to find out if there is a remedy. The remedial measures can be understood when one associates with persons who are liberated. It must be understood who is actually liberated. The liberated person is described in Bhagavad Gita. One who engages in uninterrupted devotional service to the Lord, having surpassed the stringent laws of material nature, is understood to be situated in Brahman. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is beyond this material creation. It is admitted even by the impersonalists, like Sankaracharya, that Narayan is transcendental to this material creation. As such, when one actually engages in service of the Lord in his various forms, either Narayan or Radha Krishna or Sita Ram, he is understood to be on the platform of liberation. The Bhagavatam also confirms that liberation means to be situated in one's constitutional position. Since the living entity is eternally the servitor of the Supreme Lord, when one seriously and sincerely engages in the transcendental loving service of the Lord, he is situated in the position of liberation. One should try to associate with a liberated person. And then the problems of life, namely birth and death, can be solved. While discharging devotional service, 
and full Krishna consciousness, one should not be miserly. He should not unnecessarily show that he has renounced this world. Actually, renunciation is not possible. If one renounces his palatial building and goes to the forest, there is actually no renunciation, for the palatial building is the property of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and the forest is also the property of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If he changes from one property to another, that does not mean that he renounces. He was never the proprietor of either the palace or the forest. Renunciation necessitates renouncing the false understanding that one can lord it over material nature. When one renounces this false attitude and renounces the false, puffed-up position that he is also God, that is real renunciation. Otherwise, there is no meaning of renunciation. Rupa Goswami advises that if one renounces anything which could be applied in the service of the Lord and does not use it for that purpose, that is called falgu vairagya, insufficient or false renunciation. Everything belongs to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, everything can be engaged in the service of the Lord. Nothing should be used for one's own sense gratification. That is real renunciation. Nor should one unnecessarily increase the necessities of the body. We should be satisfied with whatever is offered and supplied by Krishna without much personal endeavor. We should spend our time executing devotional service in Krishna consciousness. That is the solution to the problem of life and death. Text 48 Endowed with right vision and strengthened by devotional service and a pessimistic attitude toward material identity, one should relegate his body to this illusory world through his reason. Thus one can be unconcerned with this material world. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda. It is sometimes misunderstood that if one has to associate with persons engaged in devotional service, he will not be able to solve the economic problem. To answer this argument, it is described here that one has to associate with liberated persons not directly or physically, but by understanding, through philosophy and logic, the problems of life. It is stated here, Samyag Darshanaya Buddha. One has to see perfectly, and by intelligence and yogic practice, one has to renounce this world. That renunciation can be achieved by the process recommended in the second chapter of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. The devotee's intelligence is always in touch 
with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. His attitude toward the material existence is one of detachment, for he knows perfectly well that this material world is a creation of illusory energy. Realizing himself to be part and parcel of the Supreme Soul, the devotee discharges his devotional service and is completely aloof from material action and reaction. Thus, at the end, he gives up his material body, or the material energy, and as a pure soul, he enters the kingdom of God. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the third canto, 31st chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled, Lord Kapila's Instructions on the Movements of the Living Entities. <laughs> 